This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. In the last episode, we talked about a leadership trend for creating psychological safety. In this episode, we're going to be talking about retention and how to keep the right workforce and not just any workforce. Last year, we saw the great resignation and then we saw quiet quitting. And then towards the end of the year, uh, to counter that, we saw that organizations went to quiet firing. And even though quiet firing wasn't a new thing, uh, people started taking that as, oh, well, if I do the quiet quitting, then I can be quietly fired. And it was just like a back and forth. And in the mix of all of that, I was asking myself, why can't organizations, not all, but some organizations keep talent or attract the right talent? I mean, even myself, I started a podcast. Like it's something that is totally different from my full-time profession. And I love doing this. And eventually, One day, I will be able to do this full-time and hopefully be able to earn enough income to support my family off. Uh, But for now, I just do it as a hobby. I don't make a single dime off of it. Um, But I really enjoy doing this. It's a great hobby for me. So I started doing some research to find out, like, what is it that's that's out there? Is it just the, the buzz or is it just, like, legit the stuff is really going on? So I found out that 37% of the U.S. labor force changed or lost their jobs in 2020. The average American worker has about 12 jobs throughout a lifetime from the ages of 18 to 70, which is a lot of different jobs. U.S. workers have an average tenure of about four years with a single employer. That means if you were to hire somebody today, then four years, you can count on them not being there because they're off onto the next thing. And 65% of American workers are actively searching for new full-time jobs right now, even though they currently have one. So that means I'm getting hired by somebody, and as soon as I get hired, I'm immediately looking for another job. And I'm looking either for higher pay, a better salary, better benefits, better location, better work environment. I'm not even like really enjoying the workplace that I'm in. Because four years, like if you really, really think about it, four years is not really a long time with a company. So it has its its pros and its cons, but to me, that's a huge eye-opening factor that in any organization I can only count on somebody for about really about four years and then after that if they're there that's great if not I need to start looking for new people and then that really brought me back to well if I'm looking at this the right way if I hire somebody and they last me four years that means at the three-year mark as a business that means I'm looking for somebody to replace the person I just hired four years ago and then that also sends messaging to the person like oh maybe they're not happy with my performance and maybe I should start looking and actively leave because they're looking at replacing me. So just a thought. Uh, I thought that was incredibly interesting that 65% of the Americans are really actively looking for a new full-time job now, even though they already have one. And then the average American age that they change their careers is 39, which I could see that, you know, because you're in your early 20s, you're in college, or you're starting out your new career, or you're trying to figure out what you want to do. And then from mid-20s to late 30s, 
you're in your job field, you're in your career field, and you're trying to figure it out. And probably by the time about your 40, you either go, you know what, I'm ready for a change, or you start to become a master and a professional uh, in your career field, and you kind of start to give back to your organization. So this tells me that people are not happy with their current jobs or careers, and that they are actively looking to change it. But why? Do they not like the career field? Is it like, do they just legitimately don't like the job? And Pure Research found that on the whole, you know, American workers are satisfied with their job. And a significant share, like 30% though, view the work they do as a job just to get them by rather than a career or a stepping stone to a career. Which means you got 70% of the people out there, uh, which is still a pretty good number if you look at it. You got 70% of there who are like, you know what, I'm in a career or I'm in a stepping stone to get to where I needed to go into a career. But 30% of the people are like, you know, this is just something I'm doing just to get by. You know, I'm just trying to get by here. Pretty significant on that one. You know, so if people like their jobs and they like their career field in their end, why are they looking for new jobs? Why is it that we can't retain people? Why is it that we are having a hard time attracting talent and the right talent on certain, you know, career fields? And then I'm thinking, well, maybe it's not all about pay. Maybe it's not all about benefits. Maybe, you know, people just don't like the people they work with. And that could lead to job dissatisfaction. But with all that said, you know, how can we help increase retention in the workplace? So I've kind of narrowed it down to like seven different things uh, that you can do in combination to help really gain retention in your organization. And so here's a, a few of them, right? So the first one is we need to clearly define and communicate our company's vision, mission, and values, right? And this will help people, uh, you know, this will help attract people who align with those values and are more likely to stay who are in line with those values. Now, we can't just say that these are our values. You actually have to live them and embody them. And if you live them and you embody them and you outwardly display them in everything that you do throughout a day-to-day basis, if you're looking at the culture of a company and you go, you know what? I could see myself fitting in here. Or you're going to get into a business who say, and, you know, they say, and if they're doing what they say they're going to do and their values and it doesn't line up with yours, you're immediately going to go, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm not going to work out here. Or your organization can look at you and go, you know what? We aren't for you. You aren't going to work out here. And then make that, you know, cut quicker instead of making you wait four years to figure out whether you really like it or not. So we can't just say these are what our values are. We have to live them. And our vision, right? We have to know what the vision is of the company down to the frontline worker. We can't just say what it is. And the mission is also critically important. Because if you don't know what it is, then you, one, you don't know what you're working towards and you don't know what, how you're going to achieve your mission or your vision. So make sure that that's clearly understood and you clearly define and communicate that to create a company culture that goes after that. Then you have to offer a competitive compensation and benefit packet. I'm not saying that this is the end all be all, but I am going to say that if you hire people to a point where they don't have to worry about the day-to-day, you know, how am I going to get to work? How am I going to you know, get gas in my car at the end of the week? How am I going to get food on the table? You know, or, or is my family going to be okay? I mean, if we just legitimately have a benefits package and a, and a uh, monetary compensation package that legitimately takes care of people, they don't have to worry about those exterior stressors unless they create them themselves. 
you know, and that helps them one, see that they're a valuable uh, member of the team because you're investing in them financially and it gives them stability and security. And they're going to value that. They're going to be like, hey, you know what? I'm being compensated very well and I feel valued. And not only that, is that it, I have a, a benefits package that's compensating me to help take care of my family as well. So yeah, I feel a valued member of the team. You know, then we have to foster a positive and supportive work environment, right? We have to encourage open communication. I talked about this in the last um, episode. All right, so we, I'm not going to beat the dead horse on the positive and supportive work environment because we talked about that in the last episode. So if you don't know anything about it, go check out the last episode and that would really drive home point number three. But for point number four, right, this is what I really hear over my career uh, from people on major issues. And that's per, we have to be able to provide regular feedback and performance evaluations. This helps employees understand their strengths and their areas of improvement and can increase job satisfaction and motivation. There's nothing worse than coming to the end of the year and you've worked really, really hard and you've done everything you think you can do and you're trying your best at what you're getting at and you're told, yeah, you did an adequate job, you're okay. You're like, what? I busted my tail. And you're just telling me I just did okay? You're telling me I'm average? And that is okay if that is the truth. I'm all for telling people the truth. But the end of the year shouldn't be the first time that they're hearing it, right? We have to under we have to let people know like hey, no kidding, like this is really where you stand. And frequently tell people where they stand and frequently help people understand their strengths and their weaknesses so they can help overcome their weaknesses and turn their weaknesses into strengths. And we have to coach and mentor them through the process. We can't just tell them at the beginning of the year, here's your goals and objectives, go forth and do great things. Then at the end of the year, when they've met the standard and met the thing that you told them to do, you go, yeah, you you did what I, was, you, what I expected you to do. Good job. Or the standard is that everybody exceeds the standard. Well, then that just becomes a standard and then no one ever exceeds the standard. You know, what kind of BS is that? So that in itself can be a huge motivating factor in helping people keep and retain the right people by providing positive constructive feedback throughout the course of the year. All right. And then we also have to encourage a work-life balance, right? We need to provide flexible work arrangements such as remote work options where possible and in-office work options when possible. So I'm a big fan of uh, hybrid remote working where, you know, you do have to come into an office space uh, to, you know, help develop the team and create a team. And so everyone can get face-to-face interaction, get that human communication going on. But we also have to be able to remote work in a, in a way that's positive for everybody too. Because then that allows people to have a better positive work-life balance. And I found out when I went to like a complete remote, remote work for the first time in a long time, I was working way more than I should be working. Now, granted, it was required on what I should be doing, but going from a 12-hour day to an 18-hour day when you when you don't necessarily have to, but because it's there and available, isn't healthy either. So we need to have like a very we need to have a work-life balance and and to figure what that is. And if you're having a hard time retaining people, I would talk about point number four, which is you know evaluations and performance feedback and whether they're getting the truth uh, from people or whether they feel like they're just getting lip service. And then how is their work-life balance and how is their managers and the direct reports and the leadership providing an opportunity for work-life balance? So I, I find that a lot of people struggle with that area. You know, and then 
how do we offer career opportunities for career advancement and professional development on people? Uh, you know, we talked about this before. It's very important to develop people, talk about succession planning and how are we growing and providing opportunities for folks. Uh, that was also in a dip, dif, uh, different episode uh, previously this year. So I ask you to go check that out. I know I'm referring to a lot of uh, episodes in this episode, but I also don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse if we already talked about it before you know and then lastly solicit employee feedback and take action on it you know we have to show employees that their opinions and ideas are valued and that their contributions make a difference you know we have to be able to create that psychological safety for people to be able to voice concerns when they see a concern not everybody sees things exactly the same way and it's good to see them differently but it's also important to recognize that you need feedback from the bottom up. And I say the bottom up because really the person closest to the problem has the better, has the most feedback that could be the most valuable. And if you're not asking for it and you're not valuing it, then you're probably doing your team and your organization a huge disservice. So I'd say by implementing these steps, you know, we can create a workplace and a culture that attracts and keeps uh, talented people. What do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts? You know, how do you, how do you retain and keep talent? And your people on the team is it is it through bonuses is it through uh, monetary compensation is it their benefits package or is it just creating an environment that people just really want to be in every single day creating a team that people want to be a part of every single day so what is it that you do so as always thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode i really hope you enjoyed it before we go i'd like to ask a favor of you if you could please share this episode with one or two people who you think might like this topic. And if you haven't followed or subscribed on this platform that you're listening to this on, please do that. And if you haven't hit the little alert icons so you know when we post another episode, please go ahead and do that too because your time is valuable and I don't want to waste your time coming back and forth on, oh, did you publish a new one, did you not? Uh, and if you got some value out of this episode, please share or leave a comment. Uh, those comments and reviews also help uh, other people who may not have heard uh, this episode on the algorithm come across it uh, based off the topics that we talk about. So again, thank you so much for stopping by and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.